Well, this morning, I, I did this all on purpose because I do want to provoke you. The idea is that you heard some testimonies. You're seeing a living testimony of God doing some things. And, and the title of this morning's message, if you take notes, is Getting Pregnant with the Promise of God. Pregnant with a promise. How about that? Pregnant with a promise. Are you pregnant? Right? And I know, man, if you listen to, I don't know, fleshly, worldly news, right? There are some people in society that will say that men can get pregnant. That's not where I'm going here this morning. But I'll tell you this. Man or woman can get pregnant with the promise of God. You can become pregnant. God's word, it says that his word is like a seed, right? His word is like a seed. Do you guys remember the, the, the parable of the sower? Anyone remember that Sunday school trivia? You guys remember this? Jesus tells this story and he says, it's like the, the kingdom of God is like this, right? A sower goes out to sow some seed and he's throwing the seed and it lands on different types of soil, right? Some on the path that are hard and like a rock and it bounces, right? And the birds snatch it away and it never, the seed never did anything other than just be a seed. That's all it ever was. Then there was some soil that was shallow, right? And it, it, the seed went down into the dirt and it sprung up, but then the sun came out and scorched it and it had no roots and it withered away. You guys remembering this, right? And then there were some that, it actually was pretty good soil, but there was weeds that grew up alongside of it. And what did the weeds do? Choked out that plant. But there was some good soil where that seed died inside that soil and life sprung up. And then it bore fruit and it had this great harvest. So I'm using that as an example. God's word is like a seed. I want the word of the Lord to come inside of Ryan and I want it to find good ground. I want to get pregnant with the word of God, right? That's what I want. And I believe that there's sometimes that God's word goes forth and it gets nobody pregnant. And there's sometimes God's word goes forth and it's received, but then it's scorched or it's choked or the birds of the air snatch it away. And I'm saying, I wanna stay pregnant. I don't wanna just get pregnant. I want to stay pregnant with the word of God. That's really the testimony of the Garcia family. Staying pregnant. It wasn't just getting pregnant. That wasn't the problem. It was staying pregnant until a healthy baby was born. Until the promise was realized. Until the promise could be held and kissed and loved on. I don't know. I'm just sharing with you. I've been guilty of both. I've been guilty where God's word has gone forth and I'm so distracted, I'm doing other things that that word never made me pregnant. And I'm being real with you. There's times where God's word has gone and I received it, but I didn't stay pregnant. And I'm saying this morning, I, and I'm saying this to you guys, I wanna get pregnant and I wanna stay pregnant. I hope that's your heart. I hope you're hungry for the word of the Lord. And this isn't just like some lofty, big, one-time thing. I'm saying every single day, I want to get pregnant every day. I want to stay pregnant every day. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose the promise of God. I don't want to lose the word of God, which promises God's word is living and active, right? He promises that it will accomplish what he desires it to do. But we have a role to play, right? It was God's power to perform a miracle. But it's my privilege to partner. 
I can't, I can't make a baby be created, but I can partner with God. G-rated, and it's my privilege to partner with God in making babies. Hopefully that's going right over my kids' heads. Um, <laughs> but I want you to understand, God has the power to perform a miracle. But it's your privilege to partner with him. And it's only in partnering with him that that miracle actually will be born. God has all the power in the world. He's an all-powerful God. But he's chosen to partner with us. We have a role to play. God can make everybody pregnant, but he chooses to say, well, I've got my word here. It's a seed, and it's powerful, and it can do whatever it wants to do, but are you going to partner with me? And so it's important that we understand these things. Let me, this is not my iPad. Where's my iPad? It's over here. <laughs> that has some good worship songs on it, but it does not have a sermon or Bible verses I want to get to. All right, where are we at? So let's look at some Bible verses. Jesus says this in John chapter 16. I think, yeah, they can throw it back here. You can open your Bibles or look it up on your phone app. Um, let me put this back here. But Jesus says this in John chapter 16 in red letters, verse 21. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. That last part needs to be said again. And your joy no one will take from you. See, Jesus is, is making an example to the physical, right? I, I've never physically been pregnant with a baby inside my stomach, right? I've never had to go through labor. But I've seen my wife be pregnant four times. And actually, she enjoyed being pregnant. It was, the nine months wasn't as bad. It's when that baby has to come out that's not so enjoyable, right? But you would think after all that pain, like I remember doing it, I don't know which one it was. It wasn't the first one. I, I had enough wisdom not to ask the first time. But it was after probably the second or third child, I said, you want to get pregnant again? And I was thinking like the answer would be like, no way. But she wanted more kids. So even in the midst, right after all that pain, she's like, yeah, I'm ready to do it again. It's like, are you crazy? Like, do you not remember just what happened to you a few hours ago? But there's so much joy in having a child. It's worth the pain. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth whatever the cost. I want that child. And Jesus is saying, yes, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have sorrows. You're going to have difficulty. But there's a way that you can have joy and it'll never be taken from you. See, I, I've read this passage before, and you can read commentary from every different thought of all this. And, and some people will take this, and they read this context. They say Jesus is saying that when he comes again, the second time, and he takes us to heaven, then there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more crying, which is all true, right? But how I read this, Jesus is saying he's talking to his disciples on the last night. And he's telling them, in a couple hours, I'm going to be crucified. And your sorrow and your grief is going to be like a woman in labor pains. You're going to be like, what is happening to me? 
Why would God allow this to happen in my body? Why? I didn't even know I could have pain down there, pain everywhere, right? All this stuff happening. He goes, but I'm going to resurrect new life. And you're going to see me on the other side of the cross. Not when I come again thousands of years later. He's talking to his disciples. I'm going to three days later, I'm going to resurrect and when you see me again, the joy that you get in seeing me as the resurrected Christ, you will never lose your joy again. And these same disciples that were persecuted for years, Peter hung upside down and crucified. He never lost his joy. Paul and Silas, right, in the jail cell, you could not steal their joy from them. You could physically abuse them. You could take all their possessions away. You could do whatever you could in the natural, but you could not take their joy away. Because Jesus promised it. He says, I can give you a joy that will never be taken from you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come to give you life that you might have it more abundantly. And I'm telling you this morning, there are some of you that the joy of your salvation needs to spring up again. You need to not lose your joy. It's not okay to forget that you're pregnant. See, Jesus is joy. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. But sometimes we forget that we're still pregnant. And I think that's what the Lord is saying this morning. He wants to revive this idea. I'll say both. Actually, today is the day of salvation. Right now is the time of a savior. There's someone in the room that maybe you need to give your life to Christ today, and today you're going to be born again. But there's a lot of the rest of us in this room that we've been born again for a long time, but we've lost the joy of our salvation. Psalm 51, David says, restore unto me. He asked the Lord for it. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. There's some of us that need to have a spirit renewed in us. We're talking about pregnancies, right? Probably the most famous pregnancy in all of history, but in this Bible, right, is when Mary gets pregnant. The most famous pregnancy in all of human history. How did she get pregnant? The Holy Spirit came over her and overshadowed her. She got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I'm believing today is a day where someone in this room can get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Not to have a physical baby. Jesus isn't going to come back again in that form. But for you to be pregnant with the promise and the word of God. For Jesus to be alive in you and for never, ever, ever, ever again to lose that joy. Hmm. So I'm talking about joy, but I'm also thinking about how Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Some of you need to be pregnant with the Prince of Peace. Like we prayed for Israel. Like there's things going on in this world. I don't know how many times, I feel like this is probably like my number one sermon message. I just, it always, it's in my heart, so it always comes out. Our faith does not deny the reality of difficulty. I'm not someone that wants to teach just fake, phony religion, and you just do these things to make yourself feel better. That's not what I'm talking about. Our faith doesn't deny the reality of what Jesus just said. In this world, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have sorrows. You're going to have difficulties. There's going to be real pain. But you can walk through this life with the pain and say, but I've not lost my joy and I've not lost my peace. I'm, I'm obviously pregnant with the Prince of Peace. 
that people everywhere around me see, man, there's something different. You have peace when no one else has peace. Yes, it's obvious because it's all on me and in me and coming out of me because Jesus as the Prince of Peace is in me. I don't want to just be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit like living water to be coming up out of me, rivers of living water gushing up. That's what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said, man, you should be asking me for water. Because anyone who drinks of me, they will become a fountain themselves. And you'll have rivers of living water coming out of you. Joy and peace. All these things that, that this world wants that actually you want. But he's the source. You can't make yourself feel better. But you can get to know Jesus who is the Prince of Peace. And Pete, I don't want to get on tangent, but peace is not the absence of strife. Peace is not the absence of difficulty. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is not the absence of all these things the enemy brings into your life. Peace is not the absence of those. It's the presence of a person. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. So I'm not saying that today God wants to just wave a wand and every difficulty leads your life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying today is a day where God miraculously wants to make you pregnant with the Prince of Peace. And you carry him everywhere you go. Hmm. I was trying to, yesterday I was kind of thinking of different titles for this message. And I was thinking of ways where pregnancy seems to be a little more female. Like Ella is the female side of God. I'm like, can I have a little more masculine like titles of my sermon? And this isn't the official title, but I feel like the Holy Spirit jokes with me sometimes. He speaks my dad joke humor language. And so this thought came to my mind. I could have called the sermon jacked with joy <laughs> and I'm going to be jacked with joy I want it to be obvious like if you walk into the gym and you see some guy that's jacked you see muscles like ripping out of his shirt you see like man that guy is obvious he's full of muscle I want the same thing I want it to be obvious man the joy of the Lord is all over that guy it's obvious in the way he talks. It's obvious in the way that he gives, in the way that he's kind. It's obvious in the way, in everything that he does, he's just abounding in joy. I don't think it's a coincidence that Ella Joy got de dedicated here today. And we're talking about joy. We're talking about the miracles of God. Hmm. Right? So... The next verse, we read John 16, 21. A few verses later in John 16, 33, Jesus says this. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Do you see the peace and that cheer and that joy? Jesus is putting these things together. You can have tribulation. Actually, the Hebrew word, I'm one of those geeks. I love learning the Hebrew and Greek and all these different things. So the Greek word here, it's not Hebrew because we're in the New Testament. Greek for tribulation is phlipsis. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's T-H-L. That's weird. We don't say it in English language. Phlipsis. It means pressure, stress, adversity, squeezing, anguish, distress. So in this world, you're going to have stress. It's going to be all around you where things are trying to squeeze you. Things are trying to steal and rob your peace and your joy. You are going to experience that in life. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. 
Instead, partner with me. Hmm. Man. All right, really quick. I just saw, I'm not blaming anybody, I'm just saying, I'm trying to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. I saw as, as Nick just came in the room, some people were, were looking and getting distracted, and I'm not blaming anybody, I'm just saying that's natural. I do the same thing when someone walks in the room, you give them attention. God doesn't want us getting distracted with the troubles of this world. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for Israel, but our prayers shouldn't be a place where we've lost our peace, where we've lost our joy. Our prayers are coming from a place where we are not distracted at all. I'm still filled with all the peace of God, all the joy of the Lord, and I'm praying from that posture. Is it okay to weep? Jesus wept. I'm not saying all these things. I'm just saying what God is saying here this morning. He's calling some of us out this morning. He wants your prayer life, and I'm just going to say your devotion life, your relationship with God to look different from this day forward. He wants you to be pregnant with peace. He wants you to be jacked with joy, right? He wants you to be doing things where you have to partner with him. Yes, there are graces and gifts from God, but it's also a responsibility on my part to rejoice always, to be of good cheer. Jesus just said that, be of good cheer. It's a commandment. If it came natural, would he have to command us to do it? So it's my obedience to put on joy. There's times where joy is natural. It's just, man, holding Ella Joy just a second ago, oh, I feel so good to hold a baby and to hold a miracle baby, right? It just feels good in that moment. I didn't have to stir up anything. That's just, man, that makes me happy. But there's times when there is distress, this thalipsis or there's distractions, and I have to choose. No, I am filled with the joy of the Lord. Amen. I will not lose my joy. I have a relationship with Jesus. I see him face to face. How could the joy of my salvation be any less right now in this moment? Hmm. I'm just going to be bold. Nick, that's the guy that came forward last Sunday and gave his life to Christ. So you all know that's who Nick is. Not to make a big thing for him, but I'm just saying as a family, now you know where we're praying for. You know where to encourage in fact, this is nowhere in my message, but this is one of the things I told Nick, and I think it's appropriate. I, I say it publicly on this day of baby dedication. I told him that when he gave his life to Christ, I said, you know what? I said, just like a newborn baby is born with lungs that can breathe, a heart that's beating, that baby is able to live. It has every organ, every capability to live independently away from its mother outside the womb. But what if, left, what if the parents left that baby to try to feed itself and take care of itself? That baby's not going to survive. And I told Nick the same thing. I said, you're born again. You are alive in Christ, but you need some parents. You need some family members around you to help feed you, to help clean up your mess, to love on you, to encourage you, to speak life over you. So I'm just saying that because I think it needs to be said publicly. There's someone in our midst who's born again. Praise God for that. But we bear responsibility here, not just to birth a baby, but to disciple him and raise him up in the fear and admission of the Lord, just like the Garcias are doing with Ella Joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So... That was a good distraction. Good stuff. Okay, okay. Hmm. All right, let's go here. We're, we're still in John 16, but in verse 24, Jesus says this. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. 
Ask and, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. In other places it says, you have not because you ask not. And Jesus is saying, ask. If here today, this morning, your joy is not overflowing, I'm not here to condemn you and telling you're such a bad person. I'm just saying, you came to the right place today. You get to ask for the joy of the Lord. And he says, ask and you will receive. And your joy will be full, overflowing. So I'm saying that as a word of the Lord to you this morning, you can receive it and it can bounce off or you can receive it and allow some roots to grow and get pregnant with the joy of the Lord. God wants to make you full of joy today. That's his desire. In fact, let me read another verse. Uh, Isaiah 55, verse 10. I think I have that too. It says this. For as the rain comes down from heaven to water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to be void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. I'm going to say that again as a prophetic word to you. You shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. That's a word of the Lord. That is the word of the Lord from heaven to earth today that's supposed to spring up and bud in your life. You are supposed to leave this sanctuary filled with joy and led with peace. That is what God wants to do. That's the word of the Lord to you. You get to partner with that or not partner with that. And I'm saying today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's favor. And you get to partner. So I'm going to... Another passage from Isaiah. That was Isaiah 55. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says this. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. I've read this verse, I don't know, several times in being a Christian. But I'll tell you there's been, I'll say at least a handful of times, where God has vividly told me to come back to this verse. And I get to steward and obey this or not? I, I don't know how to say this. I'm human just like everyone else in this room. There's times where I get discouraged. There's times where this champion of hope starts to have his hope wane. And I come back to this verse and I say, oh no. It doesn't matter if all the things I'm hoping for have been born yet. I will rejoice and sing louder than the person who already has their possession. It's not in my possession yet, but I'm going to sing loud. I'm going to declare that I will have a lot of fruit. I will declare that God is for me, not against me. I will declare that greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I will declare that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I quote these things to myself, but it's this verse right here that it, I can feel this way. I can have thoughts this way, but I will tell myself what to do. I will rejoice and I will sing and I'm going to give raise a hallelujah and my voice, my singing is going to be louder than the one who already has their joy, already has their fulfillment. Let me read to you. This is, I have um, I know, like a study Bible and it's got notes in there and this is... Jack Hayford has some notes in here, and I want to read to you what he says about this passage. He says, This passage also teaches how Christians overcome trauma and grief and barren areas of life. 
This passage, I'm going to read it again. This passage we just read is how Christians overcome trauma, grief, and barren areas of life. I'm going to keep reading. The good news of the atoning work and exaltation of the servant is followed by command to the barren. What is he saying there? I'll give you context without reading everything. We're reading Isaiah 54, verse 1. I'm not going to read all of it to you, but Isaiah 53 is this prophetic verse all about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the suffering servant. By his stripes, we are healed. He was bruised for our iniquities, right? You, can, you guys remember some of these verses? He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes, we are healed. It's talking all about the Messiah doing everything for us. And now the command is, all right, we prophesied of who Jesus is. Now chapter 4, 54, verse 1, this is how you overcome. This is your responsibility. Jesus did what he was supposed to do. Now you do what you're supposed to do. So I'll keep reading. The good news of the atoning work and the exaltation of the servant is followed by a command to the barren woman, Israel, to prepare for expansion of Yahweh's covenant family. Uh, I got to read it. I'm going to stop in the study notes to read further. So let me read verse 1 and 2 together. 54 verse 1. Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. We'll stop there. There can be real difficulty in your life. Can I make this personal? You figured out what it is in your life. The word of the Lord is not just a general word, and we're leaving here with a general word. He's specific. Is there an area of your life that you have lost a level of your joy? Somehow, a situation, a circumstance, a relationship, whatever it is, something has come into your life and your joy level is not over the top. Your peace is not abiding. You're not led with peace. Making decisions are difficult because you don't have the peace of God in a decision you have to make. I, I'm just trying to give you, you figure out what it is in your life that God wants, is speaking to you this morning. He's saying He's done the work. It's finished. He was the suffering servant. By his stripes, you are healed. You are whole. You lack no good thing. But where are you at in partnering with that? So let me keep reading the last of his, his notes here. The good news of the toning work of the Messiah is followed by a command to us to prepare for expansion of Yahweh's covenant family. Israel was in captivity and was compared to a barren woman an object of disappointment and scorn in the ancient world. To sing in the face of such a state would be a cruel act were it not for the power of song. Isaiah's word is to deal with the barrenness through worship, to enthrone God in song in order to release his miraculous provision. I told you we're going to end with worship and I'm going to have the worship team start coming up already. This is an opportunity for you to partner with the provision of God. I love that, that Daniel's had some songs in his heart for the last several weeks because we were going to dedicate Ella Joy, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. 
And he had songs on his heart. He's like, oh, man, these songs, I want to sing it when Ella Joy is dedicated. And I'm like, oh, man, these songs are perfect for this message today. We're starting off with, I raise a hallelujah. My prayer has been this whole week is that we don't just sing these songs and go through the motions of just singing songs. I'm going to come down. Can I be real with you? In this very sanctuary, sitting right here, I have sang a song and I was not worshiping God. So can you be real with me? You might be just as equal to your pastor that you sang a song here and you weren't worshiping God. But I'm going to be real with you. There's been times I've been right here, times I'm on my face before God. I was in God's presence and I didn't even know there was anyone else in the room. I'm inviting you to take the word of the Lord and partner with it and get pregnant. Can I say it this way? Pregnancy only comes in intimacy. God's word has power. The seed of the word of the Lord is powerful this morning. It's here. God is here. And he's looking for someone to receive his word and to get pregnant. And with that, it might look different. There might be joy that breaks out. There might be a peace that comes over you. I don't know. I wish I could tell you exactly how it's all going to look. I don't know. And actually, I, I prefer the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us as we go. But I know, as for me and my house, we're going to worship the Lord. So would you stand with me? And would you just put your hands in front of you? Just in a posture to receive. And then we're going to sing like Isaiah 54. We're going to sing like that barren woman. We're going to sing loud. But God, with our hands in front of us, God, I make my life an altar with my hands outstretched before you. God, I place the barrenness. I place the, the places my heart has grown sick, where I've lost my joy, these relationships, these situations, God, whatever it is, God, I put it on the altar. And I ask that your fire comes down and consumes it. Would you consume my sacrifice? And God, as I raise a hallelujah, as I tell myself to joy in you, would you fill me? God, I, I have not because I ask that, so I ask that you would fill me with the joy of the Lord, that your joy would become my strength, that I would leave here stronger than I've ever been before in my life, that the joy of the Lord would supernaturally overcome me, and I would be made strong. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the barren say, I have the Lord inside of me, birthing something new. He has not forgotten me. He knows me. He knows my name. And I know his name. And I will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And all God's people said, amen. Would you